happy. We're joyful, God, because of um, the reason for why we gather together. That you have come into the world to be with us, to make yourself known to us, to give us an example to follow, Lord, so that we might see and know you and your great love for us. And Father, even though there are things going on in this world and in our lives um, that can be hard and difficult, Lord, you are a safe place. You are our sanctuary. You are a refuge. And we go to that place in you tonight as we celebrate and remember the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Again, Lord, we're grateful for this time. We're grateful that you brought us together as family and as friends so that we might worship you together. So, Lord, that we might reflect on what your word tells us and how the, the, the story of um, the birth of our Savior um, has been accounted and recorded. So, Lord, we give you praise and worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you guys turn and say Merry Christmas and hello to some people next to you. <laughs> hey, Brandon. Brandon, you can leave the lights down. Merry Christmas. All right, who's ready for Christmas? Ooh. All the kids' hands went straight up. Who's not ready? No, Scott, Robin. Robin, you started Christmas before Thanksgiving. Robin's the secretary at the preschool, and I think it was... Was it November? 
Oh my gosh, November 1st is when Robin started playing Christmas music down here at the church. I forbid it, but she continued to do it anyway. But, it's, but it has been an awesome season so far of celebrating, and um, really guys, as we've been studying through the Gospel of Luke now for about the last month, month and a half, it, it seems like we've kind of been in the Christmas season for a while now, and, and tomorrow's the day, so praise God. Um, we're going to read the Christmas story. Uh, we're going to read two parts of the story, one from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 and one from Luke chapter 2. So... Um, You guys, if you have a Bible, you can follow along. If not, let's just listen. This is what God's Word tells us. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Then the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who was to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And we pick back up the story in chapter 2, verse 1. And it tells us that it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all should be registered. The census first took place while Cornelius was governing over Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and of the lineage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in that same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that had come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, she kept these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that had heard they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. Father, I'm, I'm grateful as we've been studying through these chapters of the Gospel of Luke, and we've gone through this Christmas story um, previously, Lord. I'm grateful that we have the context for what the author, Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has told us, that he, he is writing an orderly account of things, God, historical facts for us to take notice of, things that can be checked out, that substantiate our faith, Lord, that build our faith, Lord, that ultimately reveal you to us and give us the confidence and assurance that we need to get through this life and into the next. Father, I pray, God, that that same confidence and assurance would take hold of our hearts and minds this evening as we celebrate and remember the gift of our Savior, Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think Christmas is a special day. Um, because it's filled with good food, <laughs> wrapped presents, and time spent with those whom we love. It's a day that most people around the world look forward to. And tomorrow we will celebrate as Christians as we remember the wonderful gift of Jesus that has been given to us. In light of this, my prayer is that these words which we have read would fill our hearts but they would fill our minds so that we won't forget the reason for why we celebrate. And so that we might give glory and praise to God just like the shepherds whom we read about on the day when they saw the baby Jesus lying on the manger, in the manger, on that very first Christmas day. Now, I've done a little research, and as we look into this amazing account, I want to point out that, that, that only two of the Gospels record the birth of Jesus, Four gospel accounts to record the birth of Jesus. And, and when you add up what they tell us about the birth, the events leading up to it and some of the events afterwards, if you take all of that and in the two gospel accounts, there are only 39 verses containing 900 words that have been used to document this amazing event. But one of the wonders of God's word is that the writers were able to pack more content in these 39 verses under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I think, than most people can produce in volumes of writing. And when we take the Christmas story, which is worth celebrating, and bring it into the context 
for the reason for why God sent his only begotten son to the world, we see some amazing things that are central, that are core to our faith. And so as we look back to begin with to Luke chapter 1, what we want to notice this evening is that there's three important things that are told to us about Jesus in relationship, first of all, to his name, which gives us reasons to glorify and to praise God. And if you look with me there in verses 31 through 35, we are first told, it tells us that when the angel told Mary that she would conceive and bring forth a son, the angel identified the son. Uh, He identified who this son would be with three important titles. Saying first in verse 31, again, he said he he shall be named Jesus. Then in verse 32, He said, he will be called the son of the highest. And then in verse 35, he said, he will be called the son of God. In addition to this, these names or these titles, we also see that with each one, the angel made a decree. Three different degrees with three different titles. First, he said, he said, he will be great. He said, he will reign forever. And lastly, he said, He is the Holy One. And these three titles, along with their declarations, are important because they help us understand the fullness, I think, of the wonderful gift that God has given to us in Jesus. Now, the first thing that Gabriel told Mary about the baby is that, uh, told the baby, as she said that, that she would give birth to, was this. He said, you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. You shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. And the name or slash title of Jesus spoken by the angel in verse 31 is translated, if you remember, from the Hebrew word to Yeshua, which which literally means the Savior. So in light of this, we understand that Mary's baby, who would possess the name of Jesus, would also be the Yeshua. He would be the Savior because because Jesus, Mary's baby, was to be and is the Messiah who was sent in in fulfillment of the prophecies that had been promised to the nation of Israel. Which, by the way, who, by the way, the nation of Israel is the nation which we're told from all other nations would be blessed. And when we look at Luke chapter 2, verse 11, we also read that the very same angel, Gabriel, who appeared to Mary, appeared to the shepherds in the fields to bring them, he says, glad tidings of great joy. And in doing so, he told them that the, that the child born in Bethlehem is the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this word Christ is translated also from a Hebrew word called Hamashiach. It's the word Hamashiach, which literally means God's anointed one. And when these two dots, what's told to us in Luke chapter 1 and what we read in Luke chapter 2, when these two dots are connected for us, we see that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Yeshua Hamashiach, the anointed Savior of God. In light of this, we understand that the baby born to Mary 2,000 years ago, that he was anointed for greatness. 
And he was set apart by God for a divine purpose, sent by God for a divine purpose, for the purpose of saving mankind, saving us from the bondage of sin and from the penalty of death that is attached to our sin. And the Isaiah and Isaiah the prophet was one of the ones who foretold of this, and he, he foretold of this great Savior, and he, he told us about what he would endure and, and, and why he would endure it. And he said in Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 5, he said, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. The bottom line is that Jesus is great because he came into this world, because he humbly went to the cross, and because he humbly gave his life on it for us. And in doing so, the Bible teaches us, or it tells us that, that Jesus, through that, by that, redeemed us with his own life. And in doing so, he paid the debt for our sin, for those of us who believe in him, and for this Wonderful gift of salvation, we have no other choice, no other response but to give glory and praise to God. In fact, this salvation is so great, this salvation of God is such a wonderfully amazing thing. Listen to this, that in Hebrews chapter 1 verse, or excuse me, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 12, it tells us that the angels in heaven look down to see it taking place, the salvation of God that you and I have become partakers of. And these angels looking down to see it is exactly what the angels, all the angels in heaven were doing on that night when Jesus was born. They were looking into the salvation of God. And when Gabriel finally declared this good news of the Messiah's birth, all the other angels in heaven were told they could not contain themselves as they looked in and heard about the birth of our Savior. And this is why it says in chapter 2, verse 13, and suddenly there was a heavenly celebration with a multitude of angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. So this evening, as we take time to remember Jesus as our Yahshua HaMashiach, the anointed Savior who came to save us, let us celebrate together by praising and glorifying God, singing, Angels We Have Heard on High. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains
to being Jesus who is great, we're told also that he would be called the Son of the Highest and that the Lord God would give him the throne of his father David and he would reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And the second title, the Son of the Highest, and the second declaration that he will reign forever, which is given to and made about Jesus, points us to the fact that our anointed Savior is the Lord of Lords, that he's the King of Kings, whose throne and kingdom is of the highest. In other words, there never has been or ever will be any greater power or authority than Jesus, and this is because he is the Son of the highest. Therefore, his throne is an everlasting throne whose dominion is over an everlasting kingdom, and we know that by his death, Jesus, by his death, that Jesus brought peace it says, between man and God, and that he places peace into the hearts of those who confess Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. However, Scripture tells us that, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace who is returning to this earth to set up his throne. And at that time, he will rule and reign over all of the earth and over every nation as the sovereign Lord who brings peace to all the earth. And guys, when we consider peace during the holiday season, I think you've heard it said that peace on earth is what people would like for Christmas. And without a doubt, this is a great thing to ask for and even pray for, but sadly, this request for peace is often made with no true understanding that one day it will become a reality. Yet the word of God clearly tells us that there is coming a day, listen to this, there's coming a day when there will be no more wars. When we'll have one ruler who will reign in justice, with righteousness and faithfulness, a ruler who will reign forever, a ruler whose kingdom will not end, a king like no other kings, to whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to be the Lord. And Jesus, the Son of the Highest, is the King who reigns forever. And we who call ourselves Christians, we've given Him the authority over our lives as Lord and King. And He has brought peace into our hearts because of this. But one day soon, because of the power and authority that God has given to His Son, Jesus, Jesus will return to the earth, we're told, in order to defeat all evil, to establish His everlasting kingdom, and to bring justice and peace it says, to all mankind. In light of this, I would encourage you to remember and to celebrate tomorrow the fact that we've been given a righteous and a faithful king in Jesus, the king of kings whose return is very near. 
Jesus, the Son of the Highest, whose kingdom will have no end. But this evening, let us rejoice together and lift our voices in praise and hail the heavenly-born Prince of Peace and sing together, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. proclamation is found for us in verse 35 where the angel Gabriel said that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. The Holy One, the Son of God. It's the last title given to Jesus. And it's a seal of authenticity. In other words, this title is a mark of identification which clearly and profoundly proclaims Jesus to be the eternal Son of God who was, who is, and who is to come. Who came down from heaven in order to dwell with mankind. And this truth is detailed in the Gospel of John where it first says in John chapter 1, verses 1-4, through 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without Him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And then John goes on in verse 14, and he, 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 he puts it together when he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. You see, Jesus is what we refer to as the second person of the triune God. He is God in the flesh, the Emmanuel. He's the great I Am who came into creation in in order to give us the gift of God's amazing grace. And it's an amazing thing that our Creator humbly came to us as a human child. It's a mind-blowing thing that our Creator humbly came to us as a human child so that we could know Him. So that we could be restored back to Him. And this is the miracle that is attached to our Christmas Day. And one of the many great things about Jesus is that He reveals God's attributes to us. And through Jesus, we understand God's love for us. And through Jesus, the holiness of God is manifested to us. And through Jesus, the power of God is revealed to us. And through Jesus, we know that God is a God of grace, a God of mercy, and a God of forgiveness. And in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, the person of Jesus is affirmed to us where the author of, the, of Hebrews writes, and he said, he says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these days last, in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he made the world's who being the very brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged all of our sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Understand, God, or Jesus, is God in the flesh. And while he was here, he proved it. He proved that he was the creator. He walked on water. He gave sight to the blind. He calmed the storms with the voice, with the command of his voice. He raised the dead back to life. And he proved to us that he is the Lord over all of creation and that he is the great I am. And so may we once again lift our voices in praise to the Holy One, to the Son of God, and this time sing together, Mary, did you know?
Closing, I want to point out that that um, today, this holds true mostly, that today still most of the world is okay with celebrating a baby Jesus who lies in a manger. But when you take the same baby, when you take the same baby whom the shepherds found lying in the manger, and you look forward 30 years, we have a completely different picture that becomes a thing of offense to the world. Now Jesus, the great and holy Son of God, is hanging on a cross. Nails are piercing His hands. A nail has been driven through His feet. A crown of thorns has been buried into His head. And a wound from a spear is in His side. And sadly, this is what the world rejects. Yet this is where we see the love of God. This is where we see the love of God being poured out to save us. And this is what God desires for us to see with our own eyes as the cross is proof of God's love to us that settles in our hearts what His Word tells us. And God's Word tells us that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God who takes away your sins, then you too will be forgiven and saved from eternal death. 
The cross cannot be separated from the manger, and the manger cannot be separated from the cross, for it is where we receive the grace of God. God's grace and God's love and the sacrifice that Jesus made as he hung on the cross assures us of our forgiveness and gives us the hope of eternal life. So as we close, I want to point out that verse 20 tells us in chapter 2, it tells us that when the shepherds returned from their encounter with the infant son of God, that they celebrated by glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and all the things that they had seen. And without a doubt, meeting and knowing Jesus, it'll change your life. Knowing Jesus will change your life, and it'll give you many reasons to celebrate. And I pray that we will all celebrate Christmas together by glorifying and praising God for giving us the gift of Jesus, who is the great Savior, the everlasting King of kings, and the Holy Son of God. So will you stand with us? As we close, and the ushers are going to light the candles on the end of the, of the aisle for you. And if you can light the candle of the person next to you, we'll give a minute for that. And then together, uh, we're going to sing Silent Night, and Brandon's going to dim the lights a little bit.
Father, we give you thanks for the gift of your Son, Jesus. We give you thanks for the salvation that we've received through our faith. We're thankful, God, that you're our Lord who has brought peace into our hearts and our minds. And I pray, God, as we gather together with family and friends tomorrow, that you would be glorified, that you would be um, what's on our mind and in our hearts, and may we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May God bless you and keep you, and Merry Christmas. Merry